was resistant at first. Right. Oh. That's change, baby. People, People can, can change. change. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> okay. oh, Welcome so to a new good. segment called <laughs> People Can Change. <laughs> is Emergent Agenda, the August podcast. August is an org design consultancy based in Brooklyn and London. And these are the stories of what life is like changing the way the world works. We believe in emergence, that larger things emerge from smaller parts, and that this is the natural universal outcome of things coming together. So we come to this podcast with the topic and we build the agenda from the perspectives of those involved. <laughs> Jazz face. <laughs> um, hey, pals. Welcome to Emergent Agenda. You've got Emily here, and I have two very special guests with me. We're doing something a little bit different today. We're playing sort of a game show of sorts, if you will. Well, it's a segment, and it it's a segment. might eventually be a spinoff. I'm Clay, by the way. Yeah, that's Clay. This was my idea. If it sucks, I take full credit. This is Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Great. If it's good, I take credit. Well, Erica... Because that's what we do. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. I'm willing to put it out there for anyone to take credit if it's good, but that I'll own it if it's bad. Toxic well, masculinity joke. Sorry. Yeah. Wow, too soon. Okay. <laughs> it was right off the top. Let's get into the segment. <laughs> well, Erica, will you um, explain what the segment is, you, you know, when it is your idea, um, and kind of give us a little bit of history and description? Absolutely. So, uh, in largely in software development, I would say there's this concept of feature or bug where the designer gets to choose if they want the user to do something in a particular way. And that is a feature of the, the software or of the thing that you've designed uh, is something that is designed to work in a particular way. Even if you don't like it as a user, it's still a feature of how the thing should be used. And the flip side of that is a bug, something that is not working about about the the thing that you've designed so it it's some it's a fun conversation to have sometimes whether or not things that you like or things that you're experiencing are features meant to be that way or bugs not working as intended or designed so we wanted to uh, pull uh, put together a segment of things that we have designed into our system here at August and have a a fun little debate about uh, whether or not they are features or bugs Uh, some of them are not things that we've necessarily designed for August, just topics of conversation about work in general, uh, as we like to do. How did I do? I think that was pretty good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people don't understand the concept of feature or bug, (laughs) and we make that joke like all the time <laughs> all the time um about like things about August or things about the way of working that we're bringing to people. It's a little bit confusing. Um But yeah, like a good example of feature or bug is back in the day when Slack didn't have threading, Mm. people were like, oh my God, I cannot use Slack because there's no threading. How can I keep up with the conversation? And actually it was a feature of Slack to not have threading. You know, you didn't want to have conversations like happening behind like a click Mm. that you have to drill down. Mm -hmm. It would all happen in in the channel, Mm -hmm. in one stream. That was like, that was an actual feature that pushed people to create channels and things. So... 
other people thought it was a bug. We thought it was a feature. And, you know, Slack is what it is. And now ultimately they were convinced that it was a bug and they made the feature. That's right. Because right. the boomers need the threads. Boomers need the threads. It's okay. I've grown to love threads. Me too. I like a thread. Same. I was resistant at first. But oh. That's change, baby. <laughs> People, People can, can change. change. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, Welcome so to a new good. segment called People Can Change. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Um, do, I'm going to go briefly over the um, how we're, we're going to structure this. So okay. I'm going to introduce the topic and randomly assign to Clay or Erica who will be side feature and who will be side bug. Great. Um, each person has a minute. Right? Cool. Is yeah. That what we decided sure. a minute to um, state their case, and then there'll be another minute e- a piece for rebuttal, and then maybe I'll decide who's the winner. We'll see. Ooh. You must decide. Okay. This is capitalism. Right. Clay and are competitive. We're only playing if <laughs> there's a winner. losers. <laughs> this is the way it works. I, I'm just so not competitive, so that's okay. But it's fine. I'm not the one competing. I think that is always a lie. <laughs> no, it's not. When people say that they're not competitive. Quick, competition, feature or bug? <laughs> feature. Um, I don't care about winning. What don't is give me wrong that with you? See, I don't believe that. Anyway. Fine. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So the first... Oh, don't me be too. nervous. Me too. me too. No, I'm not nervous about the production of the podcast. I'm nervous about defeating Eric. I think she's probably one of the that's best players that that's what I've ever lived. Meant. <laughs> that's what I meant. Okay. okay, so two very competitive Just hype people. Me up so that I can look like a fool. <laughs> Expectations game. Yeah. Okay. Our first um, topic is 113 Slack channels. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Play it. 113. No. Why, why that number? How'd you get to that number? Yeah, good question. So we recently found out that at August we have 113 Slack channels. Okay. So I am going to ask Erica to be on the feature side of 113 nice, Slack nice, channels. Nice. And I'm going to go ahead and ask Clay, mm. Claymation, to mm. do mm. Uh, the, um, the bug. So we'll start with the feature. <clears throat> and see you, Erica. Great. And I'm going to tee up a minute on the clock. Um, are you ready? I'll give you a second. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just, I, I'm ready. I'm stretching actually over here. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm ready. Okay. Also, we can uh, cut out the waiting. So the wait it sounds time. like you're just brilliant and off. The <laughs> oh, that sounds great. I love cutting out the thinking time. <laughs> In most of my meetings, I just dive right in and then I figure out what I'm saying halfway through. So I wish that that was a life feature as well. <laughs> anyway, cut that out too. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> okay. Um, so a minute on the clock and go. One of the main reasons that this is a feature, 113 Slack channels, is because you get to choose which Slack channels you are in. This is a huge feature of the tool. We're not saying, hey, team, you have to be in every channel and all of the conversations matter and you're going to lose out or miss out if you don't join all of the conversation. No. Instead, it's choose your own adventure. And if you can't stand the heat, you get out of the channel. Also, it helps to promote focus. So really having 
particular conversations with the right people in the conversation helps to stay focused on the work that you're doing. So if it's the case that you are working on a pitch for something and you're working on it with a couple of people, I have to say that there are a lot of people at August who want to opine if they are in the channel. But if you have a separate channel for that conversation and it's just a couple of people working on a pitch, working hard in their own channel, you get a lot more done. So I think that more channels, the more channels, the better. Keeps you focused and allows you to have fun and uh, fun conversations, focused conversations, do the right work. Great. In the right place. Is that my minute? That's your minute. Great. I'll let you wrap up your thought. We're going now to the bug argument of 113 Slack channels. And Clay, begin. 113 Slack channels is a bug because, contrary to what you just mentioned, it promotes a lack of focus. Despite the fact that it might seem like it's possible for people to be able to choose the Slack channels that they're in, they actually can't because the existing power dynamics of any organization mean that everyone has to be in certain channels they can't actually tune out or turn off even if they're not part of the team or the work where it's happening so they're forced into these conversations which promotes sort of like a thin slicing of of thinking and of conversation for example we've got a few channels that i'd like to point out uh travel underscore guides and general (laughs) underscore travel what the hell is going on here is the foundation of my case. What the hell is going on? We need to stop all the channels until we can figure out what's going on. Great. Okay. I think, do I get to respond? You get to respond. Um, we're not timing that, or are we? Should one minute we? of rebuttal. Um, one minute of rebuttal. Okay, that begins now, Erica. Okay, so... I just think that you uncovered a root cause problem, which is not actually anything to do with the feature or the the bug nature of the Slack channels. And instead, it's the root cause of everyone wanting to be involved or feel the pressure to be involved in every conversation. That's a bigger systemic issue. It has nothing to do with the Slack channels themselves and the number of conversations that we have going on at any given time. Also, just a point to defend travel underscore guides. <laughs> I do a lot of travel and so do lots of my pals. And when we're traveling, it's really great to know what's that restaurant that we should go to. What's that place where we had that really good time? What would you do here? That's super different from general underscore travel, which is basically just airplane emojis of where you're going to from where to where and letting people know where you're at all the time. So I see them as super different. Awesome. Okay. Clay, go. I think you would agree and you would actually recommend that we all think about behavior and technology as being inextricably linked. Classic. And (laughs) in fact, we can rely on McLuhan and understand that the medium is the message. We should be choosing the right format for the conversation and know that the power dynamics can in fact be steered by the technology that we're using. Mm. So I recommend that we reevaluate the Slack channels using a bracket system, a Slack madness bracket, where there are some winners and there are some losers <laughs> because competition is everywhere and you can't get away from it. Even if you say you don't like it, you really do because everyone wants to be a winner. 
Great. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Compelling arguments all around. I'll say. I will. I mean, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to give this one to Clay, but Erica, defending 113 Slack channels is very difficult. <laughs> How many people do we have here right now? 18? 18. So that's, it's just about six and a half channels per person. That's nice. I think I would like to have my own personal Slack <laughs> channel where people can direct message me in public. Oh, wow. <laughs> General underscore Clay. Yeah. <laughs> Travel underscore Clay. I had a channel for my mustache at one point. I'm I, part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, <remember that>. yeah <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, let's just make 18 oh, new yeah. Slack channels right now. Where does the karaoke channels uh, rank? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. In so we did, let's let's give them some, uh, our audience, a little context here. You, Erica and Clay, put actually did put together a bracket. We did this yesterday afternoon, it's true. Not in anticipation of this segment, just for fun. <laughs> a March Madness style. Slack it. Slack it. And it's impossible to find where introvert life, the 89th seed, <laughs> is going up also, against general underscore. I travel. just want to say that um, Clay is looking at a, the bracket that was printed out and it is microscopic. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay, we're bordering on in joke territory here. We so are. I think let's just, I just wanted to give some more examples of other types of channels that we have just because people love to know. What NYC looks like underscore compensation. Exist. We have interest underscore shows where it's just me inviting people to different shows I'm going to. Comedy, music, and hearing crickets. <laughs> but I keep doing it anyway. It's just signaling. You know, someday somebody might. Somebody's going to raise Maybe their people hand. are previewing that all the time and you just <laughs> would never know. Could be. Number um, one ranked channel, by the way. Network underscore external. Where if you're a member of our broader network, you can come. And, you know, check out some, some links, some chat. Yeah. And uh, if you want to be part of that. Chatlio us. Chatlio us. That means we'll add you to go on our website and there's a chat feature where you can talk to any gusto at any time. Through our fucking Slack. <laughs> <laughs> Through our Slack. And there's a Slack channel for that. <laughs> and it creates a new Slack channel for each conversation. But that immediately gets archived after the conversation is over. Chatlio is an amazing feature. It that is. is not in the bracket. All right. Okay. Moving Great. on. Moving Next on. topic. I feel okay. warm. One, up. two, zero. Great. Big lead. <laughs> um, the next topic is elections, specifically elections at August. Does one of you, would one of you want to sort of give a little bit more of a description there? Thank you as our constitution experiment expert. <laughs> Roll filler. Roll filler. Mm -hmm. Please. API underscore operating model. <laughs> That's a real thing. Um, so generally speaking, when it comes to filling roles, you have a couple different options. I think, yeah, two. Uh, one, you can pick the people, and usually the boss does this for every team. And whatever the roles are decided by the team or decided outside of the team, the boss gets to pick, pretty normal. And that goes for unfilling people from roles. That could be a big thing like firing someone or it could be a little thing like moving someone off the team. Mm -hmm. Or project. Or project, right. Um, <clears throat> what we do at August is something that comes from the sociocratic organizing tradition, which is electing people into roles. Or participatory role filling is the very precise term that we like to use for it. Mm -hmm. And what am I wrong? No. Okay. Um, 
elections in my for head sure. it was like prf can we make that a thing no <laughs> okay we'll just leave it inside <laughs> all right um <laughs> so <laughs> so um we choose to elect people that means everybody on the team gets to participate and consent to um who fills which role people from within the team uh, can pick people from outside the team um lots of different nuances to this how do you mm-hmm. do it do you vote do you um, have people present arguments yada 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 a million different ways to do it mm-hmm. we do elections here and uh we'll wait to hear how we feel about it here in a second mm-hmm. great okay so uh clay you're going to be on the features oh, end of august elections and erica you're going to Bug it up. Great. I'll give you a second to collect your thoughts. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Okay. Three points in favor of elections as opposed to selections as a way of filling roles. Number one is the fact that elections allow a system to build an emergent wisdom about who is best for which role at which time, which can change for people based on conditions, based on all kinds of things, their individual development, the development of the organization, the development of the situation outside of the organization. It allows the organization to become best fit for the situation and allows more people to to participate in that knowledge, making the organization smarter rather than relying on a leader to be the brilliant one that can select the right people for the job at the right time. That's another Slack channel going off. It means that the best person for the job, not just the best liked or the people with the um, most cultural capital. Uh, And it means for leaders in particular, as we move up the organization, that there's always recourse to remove someone from a role if they're not filling the role appropriately. Emergent wisdom. Great. Thank you. I also totally shirked on my responsibilities and was not watching the clock. Because you were stunned by my oratory. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And trying to figure out if you could edit out my Slack (laughs) notification. Um, It was very faint. Okay. Ready for, uh, we're going to August election bug. Erica, begin. Great. Three things that make elections a bug. The first is how it happens. What is the process that we use for electing folks? Who is involved? Does everyone get an opinion? Is every opinion accounted equally? Who has a say over uh, over who should get elected and why? Uh, the, the next is that People feel, because we are electing folks into roles, it makes people feel uncertain about raising their hand and indicating that they want to to fill a role that is an uh, that's uncomfortable territory because it feels like well this is the wisdom of the group I shouldn't be I shouldn't be putting myself out there necessarily or uh, I shouldn't be taking away the opportunity from somebody else if I'm advocating for myself and that leads me to my third point about how people have to then rep and advocate for themselves to be filling roles that they believe uh, that they should fill which is hard for a lot of folks I'll say particularly for women uh, it's really hard to be advocating for yourself in a situation where people are evaluating your skills in real time. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Clay, for the rebuttal. Go, go for it. So <clears throat> one of the things that you pointed out is that more perspectives in a situation is a buggy way 
to fill people into roles. That's the way I understood what you were saying. And that does require that we have a process and that we move slower in filling roles. But that means that we need to build in more capacity and pace that allows us to have the emergent wisdom in the organization. I think everyone would agree that it's good to have more perspectives on a given topic than fewer. That just means that what we need is a method to process all of that information. So we need to rely on the systems that allow us to get that thing done, that job done fast enough so that it doesn't turn into a bug. Because I agree that going slow and getting trapped in, in process is tough. That just means that we need to build fluency in that and everyone needs to do that as opposed to just the, the boss. When it comes to representing yourself in the organization, I think that's a, that's a tough one and I, I hear that. I don't have a, a solution to that, but at the same time, I think it's still a better thing than letting someone, a typically male boss, select who's in which role. Okay. Go for it, Erica. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's it, it, the thing, the point that I'm I'm trying to make about what is the bug is the uncertain uh, group of perspectives that matter. So making that more certain would definitely move it towards uh, more of a feature for me. Just the, if it is uncertain, who's going away? And just like in, I know we're talking about August elections here, but just like in the world, like who shows up on election day is a huge factor of who gets elected. And so it feels, it can feel a little bit the same and that feels a, little bit, a bit like a, a bug. Um, and then it's when, when it's the system's job uh, to put the right people in the right roles, it's, it's a bug to figure out what role the human plays in that. So how does how do you show up? How do you um, really represent yourself? How do we evaluate humans and the difference between each and the skills uh, that that's needed? Uh, because a lot is so uncertain. So I think that you know all of those things make the particular uh, election process, while it has uh, lots of benefits, a bug in part. I fail, fail. I got my hand signal and I got nervous. <laughs> We're doing so well. Oh, no. no, it's okay. Um, this is a hard one. There were such good arguments on both sides. <laughs> Many fine people on both Many sides. Many fine people. <laughs> God, no. I've been making Trump jokes this entire uh. time. I don't know if anyone's noticing. I, I noticed. Yeah. Um, I might... I might call it a tie. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I, yeah. I, that hurts, I mean, but like, I, I do agree. I feel like this is a tough one because it's, you know, it's true. There are good points on both yeah, sides. It's yeah. true. No, yeah. it's true. Well, the funny thing is like the, just the normal way that it, that it works in organizations, like no one has examined that there's an alternative to that. It's mm-hmm. just the boss or maybe like a group of HR people decide who go into which role. That doesn't make any sense. Or you pay a consultant a lot of money to figure out how to do the job mapping and role mapping and job description. And interview all the people in the entire organization and decide who goes where. Yes. Which is just like, what? Yeah. Um, Because if we did that elsewhere, like in the world, like in government, we would, everyone be pissed. Like we agree (laughs) that like this is recent events notwithstanding, this is the right way to do this, right? Like democratic processes are good for this kind of thing, filling roles with the right people to manage the organization and having rule of law that prevents those people from just being in charge of everybody when they're in those, those positions. Um, but when it comes to organizations, we've just like thrown that out the window 
and I think honestly, it's, it's be, the points you make are, are the right ones, you know, like the, who gets to decide and like, why, why, and mm-hmm. are we okay with the awkwardness of saying like, well, you don't get a voice mm-hmm, in right. this moment, mm-hmm. you know, to someone that you care about and like, you know, and you want to hear their perspective, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not not a valid perspective at that moment. Right, right. And then as you move along that spectrum where you're biasing towards inclusion of all perspectives because we've said that we want the wisdom of the group and that's where the wisdom lives, that's when you get to the, the slowness. That's when you get to the some of the uncertainty and the questions around, uh, well, okay, yes, we, we are going to listen to everyone, but then is it still the collective's job to decide what ma- which perspectives matter most? Yeah. And when we do this with clients, it's like, man, like this is a completely new muscle to build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like how do we manage inclusion and, and the inherent wisdom that a, a boss or a leader might have about what the team needs to go do in the context of the rest of the organization. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's really hard. And I think like the best thing that I like try to rely on is like, just trust the process, use a process. Don't, try to like come up with it yourself like there are methods for doing this and if you just like try Mm -hmm. it even though it feels weird it usually works out better than like like trying to custom like craft your own like researching how voting works and trying to figure out runoff elections Mm -hmm. is i think way worse than just like following the like a sociocratic process that has been honed over years like yeah yeah there's just lots of ways to do it yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of ways to do it because we don't all agree that there's one way to do it. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Anyway. Cool. Complex and nuanced. So good. I love it. Such good banter. Okay. We're, we're moving on to the next um, topic. By the way, we've got Clay here. We've got Erica. And you have Emily as the host. We're playing Feature a Bug. Woo woo. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make a bug noise, but I couldn't. What's a, yeah, what's a, what is a bug noise? <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> 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 you know, it's kind of a bird. All right. <laughs> Feature or bird? Um, <laughs> okay. Are there more birds? All right. Okay. Having an office. Mm. Having an office. Is the next topic. We're here at our office right now. And I think. To be clear. Erica, would you take the feature part of this? Oh, sure. Yes. And Clay, mm-hmm. bug it up. Can we discuss a little bit about what sort of what we mean by having yes. an office? So yes, are we talking please. about... When you have an office. <laughs> when you have like a, a brick physical and mortar. place yeah. where people come every day. We work out of a co-working space. Does that count as an office? Two co-working spaces. That's right. We work out of two co-working spaces, one in New York, Brooklyn, one in London. So that counts. Those are offices. offices. This is an office. Yeah, this is an office. Okay. And uh, the alternative to having an office is people distributed working wherever they want and not coming into the same shared space every day. Right. Okay. Got okay. It. So collect your thoughts. Okay, Erica, whenever you're ready, kick us off. So my first point about why having an office is a feature is the all of the things that happen 
after you leave the remote working moments. So after we do a lot of meetings over Zoom and we have lots of folks who are remote all the time, but there's all of those intangible things that happen once the Zoom ends, additional follow-up conversations, uh, topics that uh, people brought up in the meeting but that haven't been addressed that just get shared between the people in the room and having that space. It wouldn't happen if everybody ended the Zoom and that was just the end. So that's that's the first thing is just, there's a lot that a lot of value and substance that comes out of just being around each other and, and building on each other's thoughts. Also, huge feature for the vibes. It's a it, you know we share music, we write stuff on the wall, we have our idea paint all over the walls, and we can share ideas there, and then uh, people build on those ideas. And it's really the physical space that enables us to continue to build uh, on each other's ideas and to share thoughts with each other. So those are my two main points about why having an office is a feature. Lovely. All right. The bug of having an office. Clay. Four points. Number one, commuting. Number two, diversity. Number three, lack of a true commitment to technology. And then number four is cost. On the commuting point, we know that commutes can kill. Number one, you could die when you're commuting, for one. Well. And that's a huge liability for the organization. <laughs> but also, it shortens your... Um, your lifespan because it stresses you out and you're more likely to have hypertension and get a heart attack and die. Offices kill. Um, number two, uh, diversity, not just of location. Uh, if we're truly committed to diversity of our organization, we need to be able to hire people, wherever the best people for the, the job, wherever they might be, no matter what, and not be constrained to a given location. On the tech piece, if we're all relying on the amazing kind of connection that we can get in an office, which is a real thing, then we're not actually going to use technology to its truest multiplayer strengths. Thirdly, we spend around, fourthly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we spend around um, $180,000 per year uh, on an office. That's around $10,000 per person that could be added to people's salaries or spent on something else, something amazing, like a big trip somewhere else. Bye. Okay. All right, Erica. Let's hear (laughs) the rebuttal. I notice, I'm just noticing a pattern that bug is easier because we've chosen hard topics. I don't know. That's just a thought I have. Anyway, commuting. Commuting is a great time to learn. There's reading, listening to stuff, getting ready for your day. There's real value in commuting. Also, exercise. You bike to work, others bike to work. It's a time to just get that heart rate going. So hypertension, I do not agree. Uh, Technology. We are experimenting with so much technology all the time here. Technology that we can't really experiment with when we're just on our laptops in different places in the world. We have our Zoom room. We have the ability to connect into our clients' offices. We are really connected uh, to each other using technology that really only makes sense in an office setting. Uh, and cost. I think that you know generally this is the biggest expense that we have in terms of how we're operating a business besides our salaries. And uh, it's very well worth it for all of the benefits that I mentioned previously. All right. Clay, let's hear from you. Rebuttal. Imagine that you have a kid at home. You know, you've just birthed this child and you want to spend as much time as you can. But even in New York City where you live close to the office, that's an hour that you're spending away from the child. Think of Karina traveling to the office every day. It's an hour away from baby August every single day for the rest of her working life. And 
that child's life. I'm going to, I'm going to end it there. Wow. That's a, that is an emotional appeal. That's a stretch. <laughs> a real stretch. Also, the stats Maybe are in on, on commuting, is, by the way. Okay. Like there's, they're real stats on, on the health effects of commuting. It depends on where your office is. I have a lovely meditative walk to work every day. Same. I like my commute. I like my commute too. Yeah. And I like <laughs> I having an office. Yeah. <laughs> Erica's the but winner here. We should burn this place down <laughs> to the ashes, just like we should do with the oligarchy. We need to smash it. Wow. Wow. You really put on that bug hat and <laughs> wearing it. <laughs> because think about all the rents that the landowners are taking from, from us. We need to rise up and... Crush the Rantier class. This is getting interesting. It, is, and it's, it's it has taken a turn, <laughs> well, I will say. When you vote, judge, when you vote for feature on having an office, know that you're voting for the continuation of the like the thumbs on the top of the, the labor class. Well, let me ask you this. So if we burn this mother to the ground, you don't think someone will just come right back here? And build, build something. And That's Trump style whataboutism. Even higher price tag. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Okay. One more. Mm-hmm. Here's the we thing. Another? Wait, who won? Erica. I won. Clearly. Oh. Clearly. So it's, um, we're tied up. It all comes down to this. Okay. 1.5 points for each. All right. Um, the next topic we have is whole self. Clay's on the feature. I was hoping it was going to be Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Clay, you're, you're doing the feature of Whole Self. Erica's doing Bug. And would one of you mind giving us a little context, the audience context, on what we mean by Whole Self? I'm looking at you. I feel like you did work on this with a client. I did? Um, yeah, there was like a, like the precise definition that they had around whole, wholeness mm. at work and like mm. how it wasn't just like showing up and like... Interesting. I really like kicking people in the knees, and that's my whole self. I've like, that's blocked not it. that because it's a bug so, to my mind, so I don't really, uh, <laughs> don't really remember. No. So the idea is to is that you should not have to switch between your work self and your personal self. You shouldn't show up at the office and put on your work mask and be somebody different than the the person that you are in the rest of your life, and that the wholeness that you bring to the job and the perspective that you have based on all of your experiences and all all, all everything that you're bringing is does service to the job right it helps you be better in your work it helps the work be better and helps it be more real for real people uh, in the sense that we're all making stuff and working with other people like ourselves so we should bring ourselves into our work so that we are making the right stuff does that feel like the right yeah way of talking yeah. about it yes okay yes. bring your whole self to bring work. your whole self to work Great. Okay, I'll give you a minute to collect your thoughts. Okay. Clay, on the features of your bringing your whole self to work, go. I think the best argument for bringing your whole self to work is one that finds its roots in diversity in the workplace. To use the phrase that you mentioned when describing wholeness at work, uh, it's the shedding of the work mask and we need to consider the socially constructed work mask that we all have. And it's one that is generally heteronormative 
specifically masculine and one that is constructed in white norms as well, uh, where we ask most people to show up as professionals. And what we really mean is white male professional. And I think that's a, a challenge. So when we say that we want diversity and we hire for diversity, if we don't allow people to show up as whole, whole selves, whole people at work and not just wearing this white male work mask, then we don't have true diversity at work. Okay. 59 Our, seconds. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. I'll say that <clears throat> it's, it's a feature to bring your whole self to work because it, it makes us ask the question, if it is the job of the organization to integrate all of the things that are going on with the, the folks on the team. There's a lot of stuff going on with folks all the time that we don't necessarily uh, always know about that does live under the surface and maybe lives under the surface for a reason. And when we invite folks to show up uh, with their whole self, we're asking the organization to actually integrate and process all that is going on. So it really does put a, a weight on the organization to do that hard work, lots of which is you know, sort of created by the society that we live in. It's much bigger than the organization itself. And I'll end with a, another point around uh, Halloween. Uh, do you really want to be that person who's the only one who shows up wearing the cow suit when everybody else is dressed in normal clothing uh, because you've been invited to be the, uh, to bring your whole self and that's that's what your whole self is not mentioning any names or anything in particular just do you want to be the person in the cow suit okay clay rebuttal to that last point if i love wearing cow suits and that's what makes me show up with the most energy and vibrancy for <laughs> for the work that i want to do then hell yeah i want to wear a cow suit and as a manager i want cow suit person wearing their fucking cow suit to work if that's what gets them gets them going and lets them produce to their fullest i think we would all uh agree that everyone wants to get stuff done people just want to do good work and managers and owners of organizations just want folks to to do that and the professional mask the non-cow suit option is <laughs> preventing them from actually bringing that and when we when we think about asking an organization to integrate and process all the stuff that's happening for people, I think that that's a feature. It might be tough. It might slow us down a little bit, but I think it builds a stronger, more vibrant organization that will stand the test of time versus being um, ultimately fragile in a complex world. I'm just going to, I'm going to bring my whole self in this moment and just, I can't, I can't debate that. I agree. <laughs> hats off to an incredible uh, competitor but I just <laughs> I think that bringing your whole self is a huge feature and I just don't think no, that argue the bug come on I just think it's it's great and I I, I don't want to anymore because it makes me feel bad and like I'm going and all of the other cases I felt good about it in this one case I feel like uh, bringing your whole self to work is the kind of thing that I want our listeners to leave agreeing with so I think that they're you want to argue the bug yeah well, so I think the um, the best bug thing is that there are standards of professionalism that everyone should abide by. There are some things mm -hmm. um, like the thing, clothing, cl whether it's again, uh, sure, <laughs> apparel, cow suit, whatever. It was a dog suit, I think. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't I, matter what kind of animal <laughs> it was, but like 
there are like bona fide organizational things that I, and and operational things that I think we can. They're sort of non-negotiable that aren't about wholeness necessarily. Like just about standards. Yeah, humans' standards in like environments where we're working with other people. And like the diversity point that I made also relies on the professionalism thing because, um, as I understand it. As, like, as a white man, I always feel like I can just do whatever the hell I want to do. I can swear on the podcast, right? <laughs> and I don't have to be, I don't feel like I have to be like ultra professional all the time in order for people to like believe what I'm saying. Yeah. But people of color, women, whoever that doesn't enjoy the same privilege that I enjoy might feel like they have to abide by a certain, you know, professional standard that I don't. Mm-hmm. and holding me to that standard, I think like that's a worthwhile enterprise. You know what I mean? Like there's some like professionalism that maybe like levels the playing field. It's like, yeah, a calibration yeah. of yeah. What, what we're doing. Well, and it keeps us and, and it enables us to stay, to stay focused on the work and to yeah. do the work that we're doing, whatever it is. Sure. Well, then it sounds like standards and bringing your whole self are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so right. So it's very hard to argue not bringing your whole self to work because the bug would be the standard, but that's not the same. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. Just we need to make sure that the standards, uh, that when we're bringing our whole selves to work, we are doing so within a set of shared and understood. Mutually agreed. Mutually yeah. agreed mm-hmm. upon standards that enable us to do our best work. Yeah. So I am as the judge here Mm. today i'm going to to sort of throw that one out the window because we all sort of agreed that there's luck of the draw i threw it out i threw it out so there's still a tie well erica gave up on that last one i did it's no i accept but we but 2.5 points for me and 1.5 points for erica that's correct i'm the judge here excuse me there are multiple truths (laughs) and my truth that I want to speak right now is that I won. <laughs> of course. Barrett fucking square. <laughs> it's important that we all let Clay continue to think that he won. I, for the rest I of the would day. love for Clay to continue to think that it was a tie so that we can do this again. Yeah, let us know. Should we do this again? What do we think? Yeah. Was this episode a feature or a bug? Ooh. Ooh, who's the real winner here? Mm. You, the listener. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what a lively debate with two just grade a class a debaters i really appreciate erica you bringing this uh the game the segment to life wonderful and thank Clay, you thanks for participating as yeah well. this was fun i had a good time let's do it again sometime okay tough topics tough real topics. hard spicy spicy all right thanks bye 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 Inspired by what you just heard? Check out our website at www.aug.co. That's www.aug.co. Interested in joining the August team? Apply on our website today at aug.co slash careers. That's aug.co forward slash careers.